0: Hello friends, welcome back to the podcast. In today's conversation, we have Connor Reynolds. Today's conversation is just a little different than our normal. We filmed this first for Connor's podcast, the Hit Chat Chit Chat. I'll include that in the show notes below. Go check that out. And as always, if you find value in this conversation, I encourage you to reach out and follow Connor on Twitter. You can find him at rbibaseball_llc. underscore LLC. I'll also include that in the show notes below. Also, if you enjoy this episode and all the episodes of the podcast, you can get video access to all of the episodes as well as instant access to all of the episodes before they drop on Apple and Spotify with our brand new podcast premium. You get 40% off with code podcast for a limited time only, so go follow the link in the show description below um, and you can get that discount. I'm also giving away, with that subscription, two memberships to our Flagship Starter Courses, Foundation of Throwing, and First Principles of Hitting. Uh, That's over $350 worth of savings on the best content that we offer. So if you want to go do that, you want to support the show, uh, be sure to follow the link in the description below.
1: All righty. Where are you? Uh, So I actually,
2: I was working at a facility in Arvada, uh, Colorado, which is just kind of at the foothills. Um, and now I'm actually working out of a barn at my house. Sweet. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's a little bit smaller. Um, it's 25 foot, but, uh, I've got all my kind of stuff here and everything like that. So we make, we make do with what we got, you know? This
1: may work. This may work now. I think we're going to be good. Okay. All right. I guess you probably listen to the to the podcast. Pretty it's pretty casual. Um, introduce yourself if you'd like and then you can, we can go this may be a little different. Uh, we've been trying to do this you wanted to ask me questions. to a yeah, podcast. No reason. There's no reason why We couldn't do the podcast. The goal of the podcast, I think people, as the podcast, more episodes have gotten out of the podcast. I think some people are not understanding exactly what the goal of the podcast is. It's just casual conversation between people as if we were friends, sitting, talking. Um, A lot of people that have been on the podcast, this is the first time you and I have ever talked. A lot of the people that have been on the podcast so far are my friends. So, whatever. you know. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's how i want to roll I i'm not a formal guy um i just i don't write anything down i don't i just go where the conversation goes one guy pointed out that i interrupt people a lot and it's like I, my mind gets going. <laughs> my mind gets going and i i don't know how my just mind flirts, gets, man i'm not be rude or anything oh no i
2: understand i understand no worries um yeah no, i'm i'm pretty excited uh i've had a lot of questions um just in kind of trying to figure out uh just alone like myself um and i started doing kind of like what i call my podcast it started out like about last year uh i was doing a lesson Uh, i started streaming my lessons during uh quarantine and everything because i was back Uh, i wasn't doing facilities and everything so i was back at my barn here And i was trying to figure out like how do i get like what i'm doing out how do i get uh, what these kids are doing, and if they do a good job, how am I able to make it easy for them to access that information? And so I just started uh, streaming uh, my lessons, and then one day a kid didn't show up. And so instead of just canceling it, uh, I just sat in my cage and chatted uh, and then kind of just building it out from there. And uh, I've been wanting to try and get a hold of the guys that. Uh, I've kind of not figured it out, but are way further along in the process. Um, if to me, I feel like you figured it out. If you were to, if some like you were to say that to yourself, I feel like you would say you haven't. and You're still, <laughs> you know, going. Uh, I feel like that's just always how it is. Like when you're at the spot where you were wanting to get to, you see where you need to go still. And then when you're looking out five years ahead, you're like, oh, if I could just get there. Um, so I'm just trying to figure out, uh, how I can be the best one, just hitting instructor. Um, and then two, just like you said, having good conversations with people, just being able to kind of discuss it. That is one of the things I miss most about being at a facility, just being able to kind of like, uh, get into a cage and just, you know, shoot the shit with guys and stuff like that. kind of just go over, uh, you know, I remember one time I was at a spot. I had a dream of a drill and I just wanted to. Feel it out, just play with it, and I had like three of my buddies come over, and they saw me just kind of workshopping something on my own, and we just started, you know, talking about it, and just, well, I think this, I think blah 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 blah, and being at the barn, I don't really get as much of that anymore, and so that's why I was wanting to start bringing on guests and just kind of figure out that kind of stuff.
1: Are you are you working with players there? Are you training players? Yeah, so
2: I've have. I I just started groups. Uh, I just got hired on as a hitting coordinator at my uh, local high school here that I'm an alma mater of. Got it. Um, And uh, so pretty excited about that. I've been wanting to start doing groups for a while. Uh, When I first started offering it, I was just doing one-on-one lessons for a while. And I started shadowing a gentleman down in uh, Parker, uh, Chris Dunn with High Pro Hitting. Yeah. And he was really big into the groups and I was just shadowing him. I was there for a couple months and I saw the like the value in it. I really liked it. And so I started trying to offer it and uh, no one wanted anything to do with it. <laughs> and so I kind of threw that on the back burner. Now being hired uh, as the hitting coordinator uh, with my local high school. Um, started having, I'm up to like nine guys that are coming in for groups. Now, um, I've got about eight or 10, eh, seven to 10 guys that I see, uh, for one-on-one lessons. Um, and then just really trying to keep growing that, uh, kind of came down a little bit after summer. I coached the travel ball team as well. So we did the big 17 u perfect game circuit and stuff like that. So it was just nonstop travel this summer. So wasn't really able to keep growing, there but looking forward to start being able to grow now
1: for sure no I'm with you Um, I just think it's all I do so I get the transition being tough for people though Um, I'm to the point now with it that maybe I should do one on ones maybe I shouldn't again we talked about my kids having kids really throws a, a loop Wrenching things because my daughter is nine and my son is seven and they're now coming to a place where they're playing. And so on Saturdays I'm with them, and then on most of the days that I'm here, I I want to spend time with them. And so it's what's what's the time exchange of of uh, of spending time with other people's kids versus spending time with mine. <laughs> I mean, I used to do a lot more than I do now on the training, you know, individual lessons, group lessons, uh, team training. I mean, I used to do a lot more, but it's come down to my children now. It's like I'm going to have to hustle in other ways to make up for the lost revenue and income mm-hmm. that I'm from training people, which is fine. That's the sacrifice I'm willing to make. But you know that is what it is. Um, what is your eighters? I mean, it's early. It's like six thirty where you are.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. And I I didn't even uh, tell you. I actually put the uh, this meeting in um, on my calendar at for six a.m. <laughs> and so uh, once I, I actually started scrolling, it was like five fifty-five. I scrolled over. I was gonna message you, and then I saw that you said six thirty or eight thirty for you. And yeah. I was like, gosh. Dang it, man. So I just went over, uh, did a couple of stretches and stuff like that. That's the beauty of having like this set up and being right there. But yeah, man, it's, uh, it's a
1: little early right now. <laughs> yeah, I had to drop my kids off. And then I was like, wait a minute. I think he's in Colorado. I 30. it's so. But you're up. You're up. Are you slamming an energy drink?
2: Nah, man. Uh, just uh, woke up at like 4.30, took a nice little cold shower. I'm a big fan of cold showers, man.
1: There you big go. fan of
2: cold showers. Wait, wakes that body up, gets it going, even if you don't want it. Getting that body uncomfortable uh, to get the day started, you know.
1: It does that's not a bad idea. <laughs> nice
2: little I, like one minute at the end.
1: I am the guy. I, I am the guy that you did not want to be in the cold tub with after practice. I hate it. You just you're just kicking around. Hated the cold tub. Hated <laughs> it. like the guy that complains the whole time, that was me in the cold tub. Oh, I that's just brutal. The worst. Have you seen, <laughs> speaking of the cold tub, have you seen uh have you seen Kevin Hart's cold tub episodes on YouTube?
2: Yes, those are absolutely incredible. I love them. So funny.
1: Cold tub episode on YouTube where he talks like LeBron is like the funniest thing it's the fun. it's one of the funniest things <laughs> cuz he's asking JR Smith about the time he forgot about the forgot about the score and forgot about the clock and, oh <laughs> so funny it is so funny that that gif that lebron gif where, mm-hmm. where he's like like this with JR Smith <laughs> twitter so anytime that Caleb Abney ever says anything about Task challenges and game-like environments and anything like that, I always come back with that gift about what about mechanics? It's so <laughs> funny. That's just a joke that we had between us. Uh, but, yeah, you're young, too. How old are you?
2: I'm 25, man.
1: No, you're not. You're not
2: crazy. Nah, <laughs> no, not too bad. But still trying uh, – young enough that I still get uh, enough flack uh, from the uh, – Uh, gurus, I guess, or not the opposite of gurus on Twitter to not know what I'm doing, Um, but you know, old enough to still trying to figure
1: out. Or or challenge because you're young. It's like, sure, man, whatever you think. (laughs) Well,
2: in their minds, I'm supposed to be playing uh, either minor league or major league baseball at the current moment for me to be just qualified as a baseball coach, so I, I shouldn't be able to start my
1: career yet. That's a funny argument because I've positioned, I guess, myself as for years as one of the rebellious people on Twitter that like just just doing this to be different for different sake. And then it always comes back around to people will justify their positions upon, well, he played Pro Ball. It's like, well, so did I. So are you just confirmation biasing? his position versus my position on the fact that he played pro ball, because I did too. So which guy that played pro ball is right, you know? And so <laughs> I love getting into that. It's like I played pro ball too. So you can't – I'm not – it's like a lot of the people that have different opinions, it's like this player versus anti-player crowd. You know, the – the no offense – Kyle Bode has has been one of the most influential people in the game of baseball and he didn't play, or he played so. it at the school, and, you know, but then you, you got the people on the other side, the players. It's like, Kyle is the worst. He didn't play. He didn't know what he's talking about. It's like, here I am right dead in the middle of a guy who played who has way more respect for Kyle than I have for the other side, you know, but it's like, I'm kind of on the island of misfit toys of people that played but people that that side on the side of what, for lack of a better term, the nerds, you know, I, I'm kind of one of the nerds.
2: <laughs> I feel though, as I mean, here, I'm just before I make these claims, I'm just going to double check and make sure that what I'm assuming is correct. Yeah. I'm looking at your bio. It's not like you have X pro, like every single thing that makes you, uh, you know, should make you a, uh, certified, uh, instructor. That's the thing that I see like is all those guys that are feel that way they have just so that way they make sure people know who they were because yeah. I mean, most people don't know those guys back in the day unless you were around. they have to put in their bio like oh former League or former blah blah blah, and like yeah. you know if I did that, i you know what a hand up I probably would. But the fact that you feel like you need to do that, like yours isn't in there, because that's not who you are.
1: That doesn't like Never that's not the staple of who you are. Never been in there. It, it's not something that, honestly, it's probably something that I should talk about more. But I just, I just don't find it. I just don't find it useful. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't I should matter. it? I was a good player. And got up drafted to pay twenty years ago. It has nothing to do with the improvements that we're going to make in you today has nothing to do with that. You know, don't train with me. And I tell people this, don't train with me because I was a good player. Train with me because my mountains of data that are in my computer, (laughs) that we have the ability to better player. And this is how we're going to do it. It's nothing to do with the fact that I was a good player, nothing.
2: How did you get into all of this then? Were you, I, I had a conversation with uh, John Lampros the other day. Yep. He said, uh, he said that he kind of, where I'm in the boat with, I I had an an okay-ish ish college career. I, I led the country in strikeouts in junior college my first two years. Uh, I was go. top 10. And like, but from that, that made me realize like, all right, I never want to feel the hopelessness I was feeling, and so my entire energy and everything I've been doing is just driven to make sure that none of my players ever feel the failure that I felt in my career, uh, and the hopelessness that I kind of felt. How did you kind of get into everything that you're doing? If we're a pro guy, I mean, we've got the—I don't want to jump ahead too much, but I mean, you got the LEPD plus, you got the merch, you got YouTube, podcast. Um, training devices, uh, interns,
1: your own facility. like How did this kind of whole thing get started for you? That's a good question. Um, I, so I guess maybe are you asking me about my curiosities about the player performance or are you asking me about my business? Which one do you want to know more about right now? We can go in that direction. Did, which one started which? So I got done playing pro ball at 23. I was 23, um, getting ready to turn 24. Yeah, I think I was 23, getting ready to turn 24. Um, And just as a player, you know, I I wanted to be a big leaguer. I wanted to be a big leaguer. And I felt like I was a big leaguer. You know, I worked out, I spent off seasons working out at, what was then athlete's performance, which is now Exos, around guys. Andre Ethier was my workout partner. Um, You know, Andre played 10, 11 years for the Dodgers. Um, And there were so many people there that I got to be around that I hung with. Like I, I did, but there was a disconnect between my athletic ability, talent, and then what happened in the game. It just didn't play well. And so once I was done, what actually the first part of it is once I was done with pro ball, I wasn't going to coach. I wasn't going to coach at all. Like I was done with baseball. Like I'm done with this. Like I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to do something else. And so that was probably, that was spring training. We were getting ready to break from spring training. I got released, got some independent ball calls, didn't want to play independent balls, kind of tired of riding buses. I was kind of tired of the lifestyle more or less. I'm not going to ride buses if the big league's not at the end of it. Like, I'm not going to do this. And so the high school coach calls me in like June and is like, hey, um, we, need, we need somebody to help with the summer team. You know, can we put your name on it because we need somebody that's not affiliated with school. It's like, you don't even have to come. He said, come like a couple times and, you know, that'll be good enough. I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay. Like our first, this day it's at this place, come that game. I'm like, okay. So I show up to that game and it was in that game. I was like, I like this. Like, I I think I like this. Like, I think I, I think I might coach a little. Well, I, I stayed at that high school for five years. I ended up being the head coach for the last two years. Politics, parents, all this other garbage things that go along with that administration, yada, yada. My last year, we played in the state finals. School consolidated with another school. I was untenured. My boss particularly didn't like me particularly, and so I no longer had a position at the school, mm-hmm. which it, I was done with baseball. Again, it's like, I'm not doing this anymore. I had like one kid from another school at this time i started working with a little bit. We would go to Little League Field. I would work with him. The guy that owns this building sees my dad in the post office. He says, hey, I want you to work with my kids. I actually have a building that I think would interest him if he wants to, you know, pursue a facility. My dad says, what do you think? I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a baby. So, he's like, think about it. So, I thought about it. And I looked at this, bit. I mean, this building right here, that I'm, the place I'm sitting at right now was dirt floor 10 years ago. This was an apple storage house for the apple orchard a hundred years. This building is over a hundred years old for the apple orchard. That was across the street back in the day. This is kind of like right in the middle of town. So they used to have the market and they would sell apples out of this building. Wow. I I was like, "Uh, you sure, man, you sure we can do something with this? Like, yeah. Like, okay. So we started here and I've told this story before on this podcast from a business standpoint, I thought what I was going to do is, um, I thought what I was going to do is, we were going to start here, all my friends were going to give lessons here, we were going to house all the travel teams here, we were going to be here a short bit of time, and then we were going to build a big facility, we were going to do the mega facility thing, With there's been a couple pieces in my business, during this time, my little league coach, I own the sporting goods store in town. I talked my dad into buying that. So we bought the little sporting goods shop here in town. About a year into that, I realized, I don't like this either. At the same time, I was realizing, I don't want to do a mega facility either. So it's like, how are we going to grow from here? Well, yada, yada, on down the hole. I get established myself on the internet. The internet grows, yada, yada, yada. I don't know how I acquired so many followers. I interacted a lot when it was a lot easier to gain followers on Instagram, on Twitter, you know, eight, seven, eight years ago, it was a lot easier. I look at my analytics now and it's like, this is ridiculous, this is so hard. It's way harder now than it was back in the day. I don't know, the products that I've come up with in my head, I was just trying to solve problems for people that, that we had in the gym. The spinner came from, the spinner came from, we were training a bunch of college guys one summer and the shoulder tube. We're using the shoulder tube and then they leave here and they're not able to do any exercise, like shoulder stabilization exercise, because the shoulder tube is so inconvenient to haul to around. And so, there wasn't any really thing, anything at that time that they could throw in their bag and have with them. So I don't know. I am driving to Orlando to take my kids to Disney World. It's like two in the morning, and I think about this rotating piece of thing that I'm like, I think that would work. And so I put that together. It's a thing. I mean, it's a small thing. It's not a huge thing. It should be a huge thing because. Like I said i would be I would drive a Tesla if everybody that needed a spinner actually had one, but you can't convince people that arm care is a good idea. you know you can't convince people that you know throwing the ball hard is more important than command because it's not more important, but it's like the first principles you learn to throw the ball hard, you know and then as you grow and you and you get bigger and stronger your proprioceptive things change, you're, you're going to have a greater ability to kind of dial that into a something. So I think from all this journey, and I don't know if my profile still says this, I know it says this on my website, but curiosity, it's kind of just driven me into like, how can I be better? You know, How did I get into technology? I was just curious about it. You now, what is this pit? What is this ZEP sensor that I can put on the end of the bat? (laughs) I kind of liked computers and I kind of liked iPads. It's like, oh, cool, I can do this. It's like, I don't know what any of this stuff is, but it's like I was curious about it. So I got, I was like one of the first guys on the internet that was talking about bat sensors, like practically using them to train players, like not just as a toy we're actually using this to train players and then hit tracks and diamond kinetics kind of had this partnership one time where diamond kinetics data was going to be in the hit tracks which was amazing i was thinking of of like three people in the whole country that used it it was amazing that's why i bought a hit tracks oh Um, man and so that partnership dissolved but that's what got me into weight of bats. That's what got me into back speed. That's what got me into exit velocity, development, and power. It's like, hey, you actually really can develop these things. It's, you know, and so from there, it evolved just chasing curiosity all the time. How can we make players better? You know, it's like you, when you said, I didn't want players to, to feel what I felt. You know, I still think I'm driven by play, helping players become big leaguers. You know, I've told people, I train every player like they're going to be a big leaguer. What that means for them may be different than what it meant for me. You know, I wanted to be a big leaguer. I wanted—I mean, if you'd asked me when, when I was your age, actually, when I was your age, I was done playing. If you would ask me when I was 20 what I would be doing today, there'd probably be a Ferrari sitting outside and I had. Ryan Zimmerman and I were in the same recruiting class at UVA, and he's still playing. I was better in high school than Ryan Zimmerman. We played in the showcases. We played on the same circuits. We played on the same teams. He went like the 40th round out of high school, and I went the 12th. Then he went to UVA and goes as the third pick. He's still playing, and I'm not. Like, if you'd asked me then, I was going to be a big leaguer. But today, I mean, it's still curious of like, how can we increase player performance to a point where they become a big leaguer? You know, I want, I want them to be a big leaguer. That's what I want. I want them to, but I want them to have a good experience playing baseball too. You know, I think what, what I do, what you do, people think that we, we don't care about their teams. We don't care about them being a good teammate. We don't care about them we just care that they rake or they throw gas. And I want those things. I mean, that's why people come to me. But it's like along the way, you know, I want you to learn how to be a good teammate. I want you to develop relationships. That's why I group train. I mean, that's why I group train is I want you to have that interaction with people on the floor. I want you to take, learn to take positions of leadership that is not in front of your high school coach, that you're not being judged upon. This is like practice for that. You know, I want you. I want you to, to 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 interact with your peers. You know, I want I want you to see that other guys, all the all the crap we do in here, there are other guys struggling with it too. You're not alone. You know, I don't know if that answered your question, but that's kind of the that story does. of what happens. I and love I it. Do I just kind of figure it out? I've got, I've told my I've told people I've used the term, I've kind of forrest gumped my way into all those things. I probably should quit. I honestly probably should have quit. But I'm too stubborn or too dumb to know any different. And so that's the forest gump wisdom of this whole thing. It's like Forrest was too dumb. He was too dumb to realize that you shouldn't be doing these things. And it's like I've got this southern I've got this, you know. Forrest Gump was from Alabama. I'm from the South. I kind of sound unintelligent, I guess. And it's like I've just Forrest Gumped my way to these things. I don't know if I'm smart, but I am curious, and I am stubborn. And I just don't, I just don't know any better, so I just go with it. I have no web hey. experience building a website. I built my entire website. I have no experience doing any of these things. I, I got a, I got a health and physical education degree. I don't know anything about business. I just I just kind of go with it and try to do the best I can. Hey, that's all you can do, man. <laughs>
2: that's all you really can do is just keep doing uh, a little bit more than what you did yesterday. Uh, just try and be a little bit better. Now that a 1,000% answered my question. Um,
1: I, I, worked like, I worked a whole lot. 80, 100-hour weeks a lot. I don't do that much anymore because I have kids now, so I can't. But that's what it was for the first – that's what it was for the first 10 years probably was, you know, five years coaching in high school, five years doing that, this. It was probably 80 to 100 hours a week every week, Monday through Sunday, like no days off ever. Holy cow. When that – would you say that –
2: do you feel you were putting or during that time when you were trying to build it, do you feel you were putting at the end of your career more time into trying to build this business as a coach and everything? Or do you feel you were putting in more than 80 to 100 hours
1: uh, on the baseball end in the offseason? I wasn't doing this as a player. I didn't do this as a player. Um, I When I was a player, that's that. That was my singular focus was I, I was, I was doing nothing else. I wasn't but doing. were you
2: putting in like 180 to 100 hours a week in the training and everything like that in
1: your off seasons as you are now for your business, do you feel? Or you were for your business? Um, probably not that much, but it was, I mean, I went to. I went to athletes performance in, in Arizona in the off seasons. And so that was all day. I mean, that was typically two workouts a day. That was typ- that was them feeding you. It was hitting throwing on top of that. Six days a week. Um, yeah. I mean I guess where I'm from, you know, I live in the coal fields of Kentucky, Virginia, West Virginia. It's funny because like the five best college football coaches of all time or are or, or four of the five college football coaches of all time are from this little 50 mile radius of West Virginia. Nick really? Saban, uh, Nick Saban. I think Bobby Bowden um, legendary coach. His name is skipping me from USC and one other guy Um, are all from this little area in West Virginia. You know, there's like a, there's like a, my sister from here, she's a senior administrator now, like number three or four in charge at the University of Tennessee. You know, like there's just this work ethic of people here uh, that comes from the coal mines. You know, the, the coal is gone now, but growing up, like people went to the mines and they worked all day long. My dad, my, my mom's family was in coal and my dad was, was in the coal business. And so I don't know. It's just kind of like, I guess in my DNA and her DNA to like, just work a lot, just work a lot. You know, I look at things, I've told people this through the years, I look at things like, uh, and I say, if it requires work, okay, I'll do that. Like, oh, it doesn't matter how much it is. I'll do that. If it requires money, I may be out, but like, if you want me to work, okay. I don't, I don't care to work. And so that's kind of how I was all, always was. That's how I was As a player. That's how I am now. I just show up every day. You know, that's a lost art in young people. It's like, just show up every day, man. There's
2: that consistency in that. Um, Earlier, you you mentioned that your biggest goal is that you just want to be able to train players to be a big league hitter uh, or to be a big leaguer. Uh, and yeah. what that looks for one player to another might be a little bit different. So how do you, you and your facility go about setting up your, you said you don't do any one-on-one. So is everything yeah. a group system? Like, how do you guys yeah. kind of go
1: about that? It's all group dynamic, but it, all the workouts are pretty individualized. To this, at this point, um, you know, data is kind of the center. I think what people want um, in training is they want feedback. You know, they want feedback and the expertise of the the trainer or the coach. Um, technology is our feedback, so it doesn't matter if we do it in one person or five people. You know, we try to keep the groups between three at a time. You know, doing any singular thing. But all the workouts are built inside of track. You have an individual workout that addresses needs that you may have. You know, most of the buckets of hitters are pretty standard. Most every hitter has kind of the same hierarchy of needs. So how we address those is every hitter needs a foundation of speed and power. Every hitter needs barrel skills, precision adaptability. Every hitter needs better timing, rhythm, and athleticism. Kind of every hitter needs better perceptual, visual skills to be able to swing at pitches in the zone. You know, your technique is your technique. We're going to look at the batted ball data. We may make adjustments in our ideas, looking at your diamond kinetics data, looking at your batted ball data, and how we go about training you and getting better results. But ultimately, it just maps to, like, being good in the game. And again, there's a whole psychological piece to that, too. Right. we could we could dummy this down and water this down to where you feel good in here, but it's, you're not going to be par- prepared for the battle that's in the game. And a lot of people, my business would be, my training business would be 10x better if I put the ball on the tee and did individual one-on-ones where we just critiqued swings. It would be a lot better. That's, that's not honest work I don't feel for me. I mean, people do that. They pay their bills doing that. Good for you. I just want to do honest work that's going to help players perform better in a game. This is the best way I know how to do it. It's evolved a lot as we've gotten technology. But technology is kind of the centerpiece of what we do. It's the, it's the feedback of what we do. Is it working? Is it not? It answers the question of are we getting better? Are we not? If we're not getting better, what do we need to do differently? We build the program inside of track. Kid logs in his phone, he comes in, his program is in track for that day. Um, and then he goes about it. He goes about it. It's his job. It's not my job. If I have to motivate you to want to become a better player, this is not the place for you. Like we want you to, you have to you have to be, you know, internally motivated to want to be, want to work, want to do better. I can't, I can't motivate you. I can show you the way. What's in your track is that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time that I'm saving you and helping you just pursue the things that matter most. You know, we just want to devote all of our time to the things that matter most because time time is the most limited commodity as a player or as a, as a business person or as a dad or as a mom or time. So if you're, if you're doing X, you're spending time on X, you're not spending time on Y, and if Y is more important, we just need to punt X. Just get X out of the way. It doesn't matter. Like, teamwork doesn't matter. Just get it out of the way. It makes you feel good. Sure, you do it on your own time, fine. But, but when you're on my time, we're just going to focus on things that matter most.
2: How have you felt that you guys have been able to integrate track? And who is going about um, setting up these programs for your players that are coming in?
1: So my, my deal is just me. I've had interns for a while, but it's just me. Um, I've built all the programs and track. I, I say that. The guys, Nick that's at Georgia Tech, Ryan that's with Mariners, they were home. They Both of those guys played for me um, when I coached in high school. They were home during COVID. So they spent a ton of time in here. They were great because they challenged the way that I think. They they asked interesting questions. It's like, I don't take interns a lot because I think people come here and you have to challenge the way that I think. You know, you have to ask interesting questions. Like, ask questions. Don't take what's in that track as the gospel. It's not the gospel. Like, it's, it's the best guess I have currently. If you ask a question that makes me think differently about something, then now my wheels start turning. You know, That's why I like doing these roundtable conversations because in the inside of these conversations, sometimes people say things. Robert Riggins. I just did Robert Riggins from Lackawanna. It's not on the podcast yet. These conversations go from here. They go into LPD+. plus. The members get first access to the LPD+, plus, and then they go out on the podcast a couple months later. That's my plan anyway. Robert Riggins, I did Robert Riggins like last Friday. And I told him, I said, you know, it's not very often that my mind gets completely blown. It, currently my mind is completely blown talking to him. It was amazing. I mean we've we've already implemented two or three things that he that we he and I talked about. Oh wow. We already had like synaptic glasses. I had synaptic glasses, you know, and so it's like I should use these more than I have, but yeah, it's just me though. It's just me currently. Um, wow. Track is an easy tool to use. Uh, it's I've got, but maybe I say that because I've used it a lot. There are certain things that don't work great about it and they would, drive line would acknowledge that. I think if they would acknowledge that it's still a very fluid work in progress. I know where those ra- those landmines are, so I just navigate around them a lot. But building out programs, dropping programs in there, it's very easy to do. Um, it gives you a – it gives us an ability to uh, – versus writing workouts on a board or, you know, writing, writing – printing them on a piece of paper and giving them to people. It just – it gives us an ability to to, to address these individual nuances better. Inside of it, there's decisions for them inside of it, too. It's like kind of a menu type, pick this, pick that. You, know, you have to do this exercise. You don't get to pick because you have X deficiency or whatever. It just allows for a lot of freedom in the framework, to which we're going to operate within. I think people just think that we just throw the balls in the cage, turn the machine on 95 and go figure it out. But you worked for Chris Dunn. I imagine some of his is that way. I like Chris Dunn a lot, man. It, his stuff is really good. Uh, I
2: So we kind of ran into each other a little bit when I was co- uh, going through high school. He was working at a facility that my hitting coach at the time uh, was the owner of. And going up, got through college. Um, I actually started going down and working at that same facility. Um, he had since left though, and, uh, he started going doing his own thing. He went down to Florida and then he came back and I just was reaching out, just trying to talk to people uh, like you, like Chris, just so that way I can try and feel like I'm still making the right direction or somewhat moving in the right direction. And, uh, I just asked him like, Hey man, like, is there anything I can humanly do to come down? Like I'll throw BP, I'll do it for free. It's a, it's about an hour drive away from me, but I mean, I was going down just for like two hour sessions, um, just to be around there and see like his process of how he does stuff. Um, just ask questions and stuff. And he does a lot of kind of, they'll do a little bit of work. He has, a uh, uh kind of, if you're, uh, feeling this way here are some things that you should do if you're feeling uh this way here are some drills that you can do uh and then it's just compete type stuff uh short machine um lots of uh, just kind of forcing guys to either a figure it out or b figure out why they're not figuring it out kind of stuff and it was amazing
1: yeah for sure no i'm with you um you know i'm not i i just i'm not again like i get white people and I use the T for a long time. I just I feel that if and I've said this before, if you can kill two birds with one stone, you should. You know, there's the perceptual, visual information and timing aspect of uh, just a front flip that you don't get with a T. It's like we got to coordinate all these movements in time and space too. So let's just do all like we take we've kind of taken all of our drill packages. Just made them front toss. I mean, it, it's not challenging, you know. It's it's not that challenging. It's not like again we're we're, we're rolling in here, turning the machine on ninety five, and it's like, there you go, man. Good luck. Go figure it out. it kind of scales up in a lot of different ways. Um, so that, that's but good for you. Good for you. I don't think young people do that enough. And like, I went there. I drove an hour. I went there, and I just hung out for free. Like, I think Kyle. Kyle tells the story about Eric Jagers at DriveLine. I think it was Jagers. I mean, they didn't even know who he was in like the first couple weeks. Came to the facility, People, were like pick balls up. Like, I'm not sure. I, Kyle didn't know who he for a good while. That's awesome. That's, you. That's what I tell young people like yourself. If you keep your costs low enough, if you keep your costs of living low enough, then you don't need anything. And so just go do things like that. You know, don't don't buy things just to buy things. Like, don't, don't, you know, credit card, don't do that. Like, just keep your life as simple and as, as mobile as possible and just go do that. Like, I don't need anything. So go do that. Know, it gives you time to figure out YouTube it gives you time to figure out training it gives you time to figure out because when you get to where I am you can't do that because um, you have to support your kids and you have to pay your bills and you have to support your wife and you have to do these like these are just grown-up responsibilities bless their hearts bless my wife's hearts because she's she's kind of ridden this whole ride and it's been I don't tell her a lot about the struggle that business has been over 10 years. You know, it's not it's not I think people see entrepreneurship and they see business as I got a Ferrari sitting outside and I got it through my business. Like no, it's not at all like that. Like acquiring customers is really hard. It's very hard, especially in this business. When people want one what people want is what I want non-challenging work that makes them feel good that and it's like this is not this is not what it this is at all and so it can, yeah it, it can't be if you want players to be able to
2: perform in uncomfortable situations
1: but the you battles- have to you,
2: you have to practice in uncomfortable situations like, yeah. I. I, I've been, let's see, I've been at four different facilities in my short little time uh, of being around and everything, and so I've seen a lot of instructors, um, I've seen a lot of guys working with stuff, and I, I've lost a good amount of clients to guys to where I am doing. Now looking back, was it were the drills too challenging? I don't know. I get that stuff. I need to revisit, but it was stuff where. Guys are looking at me and we're doing stuff where you're not leaving the cage every single day feeling super successful. Now we do at the end of the, all of my stuff, we always do what I call feel goods. Um yep. I just want guys to just I want them to bat flip, I want them to pimp stuff, but yep. you have to show it right away. You can't look at the technology, you can't I've got a TV here that has blast motion and my Rap Soto that uh yep. show everything. You can't look at that stuff to tell you it was a good hit. You have to just feel it. You have to know it. You have to have that timing. Uh, But before that, like I mean, we're we're challenging stuff. We're doing plyos. I've got – let me run and grab this. I think after listening to uh, your podcast and especially with the bat that you have that uh, uh, the – where the barrel is off, your offset barrel. Yeah. I think you're gonna like this.
1: Yeah, I love
2: so some. this. So this is one of my favorite training tools. Yeah. Um, I was at a facility and I just saw this broken bat in the trash can, and so I was thinking for a while. I have, I also have these tools that I made. Um, I call them uh, barrel uh, accelerators. Uh, just to kind of get that feel, but I was wanting something. I, I made another one cuz i was wanting you know the barrel uh accelerator uh yep. bat or whatever yep. so that that thing is 500 bucks i can't yep. afford something 500 bucks yep. so i'm i tried making my own with the yep. same thing and i've got bungees with a foam around this guy now yep. uh, the first one i ever did i didn't have the bungees on it and it actually just broke straight through off of the top uh, so we had to make some adjustments with that oh. but from going to that I started um, just kind of playing with this guy and uh, just seeing guys struggle, but then able to figure it out. That's that big difference. And like I said, I've lost so many guys cause I'm having my guys do this stuff and yeah. just forcing them to not feel comfortable. And I'm losing guys to guys that is just, Hey, here's a little soft toss down the middle. He's a little BP toss. Yeah. Like, you're hitting the ball hard. You're hitting the ball, you know, line drives to the back of the net. That's exactly right. what we want. Shake our hands at the end of the day.
1: Right. And we're it's not, just like, we're not even being true to concepts. And this is what I tell people, like you're not even being true to concepts of motor learning in, in that practice design. You know, is the brain even active in that kind of practice or is it just, You know, you know, in an autopiloted mode. I've said that on Twitter. It's like I try to avoid autopiloting at any time. You know, I want them. I want them the long, the long bat, the short bat, the light bat, the unloaded bat, the knob loaded bat, the skinny sticks, the bent bat. I mean, whatever. uh, the, The 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 snap tech with one eye black and the other eye strobing. You know, it's like it's this this constant challenge of engagement. You know, what are you engaging with in practice? You know, are you is your mind is your brain even active? I, again, I go back to Trevor Bauer a lot. You know, I don't. This is not an argument of of Trevor's position in the world right now, but you know, there was. I missed the vlog. I missed the vlog because I I miss Trevor's authenticity and commitment to motor learning. Like. But he says in the vlog one time he was working on a curveball or something, I don't remember exactly. He was working on a curveball and he and he said it, it didn't go that good, but I I felt there was a lot of motor learning and engagement happening because I was very uncomfortable. You know, and my brain was very active because I was uncomfortable. And it's like the task of motor learning is not especially motor learning of a skill that is so hard as hitting a baseball on time, in space, with speed, with spin, with trajectory, with all these qualities. It's like you go back to your, I'll go back to mine. You go back to your time striking out a lot. It's like, why did you strike out a lot? It's not because your mechanics were not good. It's because you lacked adaptability and precision of the barrel. And what you thought you needed to do was, was, and I did too, you know, it was, I need to work on my mechanics. I'm going to put this ball in this tee. I'm going to work on my mechanics. And I'm going to take these mechanics and go apply it to that. And this should improve my ability not to strike out. It's like, that's, that's not even close or at all representative of what needed to happen. What needed to happen was I needed to challenge myself, you in know, a, in, a, in a variety of ways, in multiple ways, to, to be able to, to, to swing the bat in the barrel where the ball was. So if I'm predetermining where the ball is and then I'm just swinging at it repetitively over and over again, I can't imagine the amount of time that I wasted doing T work because that's what people say to do. And if you do T work, you'll hit better. And it's like you'll hit better because you hit better, not because <laughs> I took my swing. I took my swing and made it almost unathletic. Okay, You're, I, I'll talk about myself. Not in, a, but my dad was a Division One basketball player. I was a 1600 point scorer in high school, 6'8 runner with power that could throw, that could 6'4, 220, and made myself an unathletic kid. It's like what a what a what a waste. You know, and Monty Lee, the most recent podcast I I did was I did I started these podcasts these conversations like during COVID, and those are just releasing because I didn't really know what I wanted to do with them. But he said, when I first started coaching, I knew that I wanted guys to move athletic and I knew I wanted them to move fast. And I knew if I, if I instructed them too much, I was going to make them move slower. It's like, where were you when I was, because that's what I needed. You know, I I made myself move slower and I made myself less athletic by doing all these practice things that people say are important. People are still saying you're important because that's just what's been passed down forever. I saw this uh, study
2: um, where they took these uh, four monkeys and they put them in a cage. They put a ladder in the middle and a bin, uh, thing of bananas at the top of the ladder. And every time a monkey would climb up and uh, grab a banana, they would uh, pour water on all the other monkeys. And it took them kind of a little bit to start to understand. And then what they did is they took one of the original monkeys out and then added a new one. And what they saw is that the new monkey would come in, see the bananas at the top, climb up, and then everyone around would start uh, beating up the monkey because they knew they were gonna get splashed with water. They'd get splashed with water, then the new monkey would stop. And what they saw is after a certain amount of generations, Uh, all of a sudden monkeys were just fighting each other. So that way they wouldn't go and grab a banana, but they had no reason as why they were not allowed to do that. I feel like that's a lot of the same idea with some of the former ideas of hitting that we've had is that it's just always has been this way. You weren't allowed to question anything or to uh, to ask, why are we doing this? Is this the best way? Uh, How else could we do something like this? And now there are guys like you uh, coming onto the scene about 10, 10, 20 years ago, you've had guys that have been started questioning just the, uh, the everyday stuff that has been going on. And I feel like some of the guys these days don't even know why they're, they're banging the drums that they are or fighting the fights right. that they are. Just cause it's like, well, I was told that we're not supposed to do that. so I don't know why we're not supposed to. I just know we're not supposed to. And it's the teamwork. It's the heavy bat. It's the uh, challenging with velo uh, early. Like it's those kinds of things that we're like, why haven't we done that? Why aren't we doing that? And I feel like you've seen results and I'm starting to understand and start to see that with my company starting. And it, it's just, it, it's wild. The fact that, you know, we kind of got to go through that process just to try and Make the best process for a child. You know, trying to make the child the best one, and we kind of get thrown to the wolves a little bit, saying that we're the mad scientists, the weird ones, wanting to do that. When it's like, why not?
1: And I asked, I asked Kirsten Cox this about catching, because she takes a lot of flack on the internet about knee down stuff. Yep. And I said, look, I said, can you please explain to these people? why you took a position of knee down, it wasn't because you wanted to be rebellious. It wasn't because of this, that, or the other. It was because the data says that you'll be able to get more low strike calls and be able to present balls better from starting from a lower position. That's just what the data says. And so from from the hitting side of things, it's like I don't have the positions I have because I want to be different. Like I have the position I have positions I have because the data says like this is making players better. You know, people that have these positions, it's like you have no data, you have no information, you have no objective information that says across a across a a sample size that this improved players across the board. You have nothing. You're just saying that. You know and I think young people you you're you're much younger than me. And I know how I felt when I got into coaching you know my my views about coaching were very different. I was just going to teach what I was taught. And I think you almost feel like you are the gatekeeper, you become the gatekeeper of the previous generation, like your coach, like you have to be true to to your coach. And it's like, you can't disagree with your coach. You just want to be like him or her. It's like, just because you, because, just because you have a different position, you have better information now. You have better technology now. You can evolve. You can evolve your, your ideas. You know, I think Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan is one of my favorite people on the planet because he always says in his podcast, he's like, these are just my opinions. They may be different tomorrow. You know, my opinions that I have about things are rooted in objective information. You know, I don't have enough sample size to, to give you, but Robert does. Robert Riggins does. And so I always navigate to people who have have objective data in what they think and believe. Robert has a lot of information on like, on like hitting with an eye patch on, covering one eye up, covering the other eye up eye dominance. He has a lot of information that says he improved players that way. And that is interesting to me. You know, the guy who has this anecdotal belief of this is the way you should swing a bat. Like you do not have any information to tell me that's going to work for anybody. Like just because it worked for one guy, I don't know what, like, so you're going to tell me that a guy like me, a kid like me, whose dad played division one basketball, who I was a great basketball player. I was not a great basketball player. Let me rephrase that. I was a great athlete who played basketball. You're going to tell me the same thing that's going to work for me is the same thing that's going to work for, you know, the kid down here that lives. I live in the middle of nowhere. The kid that lives down here at the end of this street that rolls in by whose parents, who, whose genetic starting point is not even close to mine. We're going to do the same thing. And we're expected to get the same result, which is like when the guy's trying to get us both out, we're both going to do the same thing. It's like, no, not at all. Not even close. But you're going to then go and claim me as like, look what I did for him. It's like, no, no, you didn't. You didn't. You're not my parents. You didn't get my genetic starting point to where you, where it started.
2: I am a big believer that all of the success that all of my clients or the players I've coached or anything, that is purely based from them. Uh, I kind of you know provide them with what I feel would work best, but it's up, ultimately up to them for one, to do it, and then two, to be able to execute that. Uh, but all failure, pretty much, I put a hand up and try and figure out what can I do? Like, what did I do? What can we adjust? How can we pivot? What do we need to do to get the result that we are looking for?
1: Right. And to that to that statement, my daughter, my daughter's nine. With softball, you go from AU coach pitch to 10 U kid pitch. And my daughter's been pitching. My daughter's been pitching. We've been trying to pitch, build velocity in the same way we do with baseball and softball. She pitched this past weekend and she had a rocky first inning. And then the next two innings, she didn't give up any runs. And so I told her after the game, I said, hey, look, I don't want you to worry about that first inning. That's my fault. Like that is on me. Okay. That's not your fault. That's my fault. I have to do a better job of making your practice more representative. So you're accustomed to the, to what, it doesn't take you an inning to become accustomed to what the game requires. Like you've done this a lot, so I have to make the practice more representative to this, so that you are more ready for the for the gun to go off, right, and start the game. Um, that's my fault, because so, that's it. Because we had more games to play, and I just didn't want her to to beat herself up, act like she didn't do well. That's the job of coaching, you know. And I feel like most people do that, but then they. They say those words, but their actions aren't reflective of that. You know, they said other no, coaching cliche words, but then their actions don't reflect that. You know, th- their success in the game is theirs. You had nothing to do with that. Nothing. You might have had a hand in in the underbuilding some of the underlying skills that that emerge in the game, but what happens in the game is them. Like you didn't you do anything, nothing, you know, their mindset, their frame of mind, their ability to interact with, with pitching or hitting or fielding, or that was, that was them, you know, and, and I have much greater appreciation and understanding for that. That's always been my position, but I have much greater understanding of that now that, now that I have children that do this and it's like as bad as I want to go out there and help them, I can't. Like, they have to do this. I have to pair them in a way that they can do this. You know, I've told this story on this podcast before that my daughter, probably two months, six weeks ago, comes up in a game with with a tie game, two outs, winning run on second base. And I felt good about her being up there because I know she's not up there thinking. You know, I tell people all the time, you don't want to be in this position and and you've spent all your time thinking about what your left arm is doing or where your left wrist is or what your right hip is doing. I knew she was going up there with the objective of, I'm going to try to be on time. I'm going to try to hit this bitch as hard as possible, period. Like, that's what I want you to do. So I knew she was there. Like, I knew she was there because we've never done anything else. She's never been exposed to anything else. That's what she's done. So I know she's there. She goes up I, there.
2: Go ahead. Oh uh, I was just going to say I've been listening and just the fact that you've been able to just kind of shelter or not shelter her but like just kind of make sure that that has been the only type of training she's been doing yeah. I've been like no children whatsoever anytime in any near yeah. future at all but like I am obsessed with like the science of like the environment of a kid like the process of everything and everything uh, of teaching and i would i i've always i've been very intrigued with your process and you walking through your podcast of you teaching your uh your daughter when you've been kind of the only one to work with her and that process and the ups and downs i've been absolutely fascinated with that Uh, sorry to interrupt i just want to jump that in
1: super fortunate to people that coach her team both my son and daughter i have that so people that coach our team they have an older son who's 15 who i have trained since he was 10 they have a younger daughter that's my daughter's age and they have a younger son that's my son's age so they coach all of their teams they coming from they do not coach them they do not they do not they do not say anything about her mechanics or how she interacts with the task or anything they don't they don't do any of that so we're super fortunate in that because they're not saying anything to her when she's going up in this situation, they're just, you know, the dad just says, Hey, be on time. Hey, be on time. Be ready be on time. And so she goes up there in this situation. She goes up there, fastball, first pitch. You know, my daughter's a big, I've never told her how to swing. Okay. I've never told her how to do anything, nothing. She's leg kicking like she leg kicks. She's done that on her own. I've never told her, Hey, leg kick. So she's got this leg kick barrel tip. Again, you should figure this out because I think young kids figure this out if you just tell them to hit the crap out of the ball. That's what they do. Like yes. that's that's what it looks like. And so, in a motor learning place for all young kids, I think they should all move big. Like you can't you can't get to a place where you need to re- refine. Maybe you're a big mover when you become sixteen or seventeen. Maybe you're a small mover, but you won't know the difference in any of it if you've never moved big. So now is the time to move big, right? To the point. Okay, I'll get to the point. Point is, fastball, like on time, swings through it. She's on time, hard, fast, swings through it. Fine, miss, strike one. Girl, little girl flips her, change up, borderline strike, which if you listen to the podcast, you'll get our swing decision timing problem and how we solved it. We can go into it on this if you want. Flips her, change up, borderline, probably a ball. Guy calls it strike, strike two. Whatever. Goes up there, big leg kick, fastball, maybe fouls it back. I'm like, all right, whatever. Again, the next pitch, like big leg kick, on time, fastball, swings, miss, strikes out. I'm not mad at all. She did what she was supposed to do, Be on time, swing the bat aggressively. I know you didn't drive, run it, second base, but I'm not gonna react. Like I'm not gonna get, you know, because kids, players become a reflection of in this world, their parents, you know, they their their perspectives are shaped by their parents. I don't want her to be upset about this because the game's not over. She may come back in this situation again and need to do this try to do this job again. But to the point, she she did what she was supposed to do as a hitter. Like she didn't get a hit. I wish she would have. That would have been awesome. But like, I'm gonna get out times In that situation, you're going to strike out plenty of times. In that situation, you're going to ground out, you're going to fly out, you're going to drive it in sometimes. That's just what's going to happen because that's what hitting is like it's just a random series of events that control what you can, which she did on time, aggressive. I wish you'd have found the barrel. I wish ball would have found the barrel, but it didn't. Oh well, we'll move on, we'll, you know, continue to train. Barrel precision, barrel skills, barrel adaptability. So hopefully next time your, your 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 you know your your radar is better, so you can interact better. It is what it is. It's just making those little tiny adjustments, like you said.
2: If you are able to go up, and the fact that I don't know where you stand with the idea of a two-strike approach and everything like that. I've coached where I've had the idea of wow, it'd be really yeah. nice if. You know, with two strike approach, my guys never struck out. But then I've also been a hitting coach where I've said like, "Hey, you know, you you get three swings to get your best thing off. Yeah. They they got to throw it." So I don't know where you're at with that, but the how important do you feel it is to have a coach like you you mentioned earlier in that third base box, in that first base box, or in the dugout? that doesn't show that reaction of i feel like if your coach would have you know dropped the shoulders dropped the head when she struck out no. yes it would have been amazing for her to hit that ball but the no. idea is you don't want if you had to choose when you want all of your success you don't want to choose it when you're 7 years old no it, it's easy to have success when you're 7 years old because the the challenges aren't there if yeah. she's able to build that process of understanding hey it's okay That I didn't get the result, but my process was good. My process, can I make my process a little better? Maybe. I feel like that's always a thing, but the focus of that process, the idea that she's swinging hard, she's on time with the good direction, that's all you can do as a hitter. When you're supposed to fail like 70% of the time, um, it's just difficult. But to get to my main question, how important do you think it is for youth? Players to have a coach in the third base, in the first base box that doesn't drop their head, that has that positive, like, hey, you know, like, we're okay. It's all right. How important is that?
1: It's amazing. It's amazingly important. It's even more amazingly important if you have parents that are like that. You know, because, and this gets regurgitated a lot. You know, the ride home, perspectives and the conversations that you have in the car, you know, things like that, are going to shape your shape the player more than anything I could do. You know, I I would love to. I told there's a few parents that I, uh, kids that I train that I really really like. There's other parents that I wish we could lock the door and keep them because you know you're not allowing your you're not allowing your child to become an individual. You're not allowing them to to. To take on their own personality you know you're not allowing them to you know grow into who they who they are you know I want my kids to have the habits and I and I've said this to people we train I want to be a reflection of the habits that it takes for you to be successful but I also want to like present you with things now so that you build these habits of successful people through sports like that to me is what this is all about it's not about hitting it's not about pitching it's about developing these habits it's about developing the habits that are going to last with you if people say people say well chad it's it's bigger it's bigger than than baseball it's like yeah but you're saying the words you're just saying that i am really actually trying to implement this being an example of this of the daily habits you have to have it's like this team, so the place I live, and I did it. It'll come out eventually. I did a podcast roundtable with one of my former players who's now an assistant basketball coach at the University of Richmond. We talked about this in that podcast. It's like you just take the habits that you learn as a player just go apply them everywhere else, and then you'll be successful. Like just take these habits. Like take these habits. That's what's important to me. Like, that's what's important to me in training players. We use baseball. I use hitting. I use training. I use player development as the platform to which we go about these habits that make successful people. You know, my sister is one of these people. Like, you want to talk about people that are outside of this? My sister is one of these people. She, she applies these habits. She's climbed the ladder to where she is because she worked. You know, and she was consistent. And she challenged herself. She was uncomfortable. She doesn't take safe. She takes risks. She sacrifices. All these things. All these things that make you a good player. Just apply those things. You know, I could talk about those things much longer than I could talk about hitting mechanics. You know, task interaction, motor learning, skill acquisition, you know, all the all those things are cool. I like them. They, 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 they help you they help you with the doorway to establish those things because at the end of the day, kids just want to play well. You know, they don't want, they don't want to talk about life lessons, man. They don't. Oh, well, if you had presented me with some of the crap, the motivational crap that's out there when I was six, man, I just want to throw gas. Can you help me throw gas? Can you help me hit the ball farther? I don't care about any of this. I don't care about this. I'm 16, 15 or 16. I want to hit bombs, I want to throw gas, I want to kill people, I want to chase girls. That's what I want to do. like if you can help me do some of those things better, great i don't I don't care about these life lessons you keep throwing at me, but oddly enough, you can learn these things. I learned these things, probably from my parents. you know you you, you asked me when I would learn these things I don't know I don't know. I guess my parents, I guess they were, because they didn't preach these things to me. It's just, I guess they lived these things and I just see them. You know, I watched Michael Jordan, you know, and I I admired Michael Jordan growing up and I see what he did. I got to do that. You know, that's just a long rabbit hole of like established James Clear, Atomic Habits, like one of my favorite today books. It's just that.
2: You bring up your uh, sister and the fact that she took a lot of risks. That's one of the things that I kind of want to hone in on. For you to have a risk, though, or for you to have a reward, you have to have that risk. And I feel like there's so many people going through today. You said that you feel like you are where you're at because you live through those things versus being told about some of those things. I feel like there's so many people in this today's world a lot of parents I really feel because they just they they're so scared of their child going home and feeling like they're a failure if they didn't do well that day and so I feel like they're so scared and and they almost want to coddle the risk aspect but that also then cuddles the reward aspect um I and that kind of bringing in a whole table when we first started talking and we were saying how uh, a lot of instructors are almost scared to feel like uh, to put pressure on their kid and a lesson to possibly fail because they don't want to lose a client because now the kid's going back and saying like, well, you know, all we did was, you know, there are three plates. He had a pitching machine set up and I was using a short bat. Well, did you hit the ball hard, Timmy? No, I didn't. Oh, well, we just won't go back then. Because I don't want you to feel like you failed. Oh, doubt. No. And I feel like that's a lot of what to, today is. People just being scared of taking risks. People just being scared of uh, failing. And so they would rather just kind of be in the middle versus having the possibility of having uh, – doing something really great.
1: Right. No, I'm totally with you in that regard of, of people. I think parents – People wrap up their individual self worth and identity. Their children, and that's certainly true. I want my my children to be, you know, a reflection of of what we, the habits that we give, you know, show them and establish them. But I think you, I, I love and I root for my kids to fail. I wish they still gave F's in school, like I do, and I wish my kids got them. You know, I root for that. Not because I'm mean, but because this time in their life doesn't matter a lot. It just doesn't matter a lot. You know, this is time for them to fail. Like, take, I mean, even where you are, you're young. Shoot shots. Like, fail. Like, don't fail catastrophically. Don't take $1,000 loans to start this mega business in this mega building and fail at it. But what I'm saying is like, take. I don't know about I to to your point of we put three plate BP you know and the data, the data, and the analytics technology piece of the feedback, um, the constraint led approach, ecological dynamics, task interaction, unplugging ourselves out of mechanical conversations. Allows for conversations to be much more psychological, competitive mindset, mentality. You know, I've said this on Twitter before. You give me a guy with a hundred mile an hour exit velocity and just an assassin's mentality as a hitter. It's not going to be bad. He's not. Like, they're not. There's no way they're bad. You know, it's that mindset. You give me a kid with a mindset, like just a killer mindset they're going to they're gonna be able to go at it, you know. And I think in that, in that mentality, it's like, I don't say anything. You know, a lot of the conversations we have are about mindset, are about mentality. They're not about the mechanics of why you miss that ball. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the mindset. It, it goes to, to, to being able to, to dominate that pitch, you know, to, to, to own that pitch or embarrass that pitcher's family. You know, we talk about things like that. We say things like that. You know, that becomes who they are. You know, I I I I use embarrass pitchers' family because I asked a kid one time. We've never really said that before. Hey, how are things going? Good man. I'm just out here trying to embarrass people, the pitchers' families, every day. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. You know, that's what that's I want. Awesome. You to, I want you to embarrass the pitchers' families. You know. Because at the end of the day, this is just a game. Like, this is just a game. Like, make it as fun as possible because, you know, from a business side, you could ask me, how did you build a YouTube channel? How did you build a podcast? How did you do this? I. It was unintentional. It was all unintentional. There was no plan. I just did things I like. I do energy drink reviews every day because I like energy drinks. I don't care if anybody watches them. I just like doing it. I like doing a podcast because I like doing it. Like I like talking to people. I don't know if it'll be big, maybe it will, but it's like, I like doing it. And sometimes I have to remind myself of that. Why it's like, it's easy to get wrapped up into wanting to build a huge podcast or wanting to build a huge YouTube channel or wanting to build a huge business or whatever. It's like, It's it's the same thing that goes into being a good player. You know, if you're gonna be a good player, you first just have to like doing it because it's gonna take so much time and so much work. It's gonna take an eternity of time and eternity of work. If you don't like it, you're just not gonna do that. You're not not gonna do the work. It requires. You know, you look at Joe Rogan. Rogan would tell you about his podcast. I don't know if anybody would watch. I just like talking to my friends. And I just talked to my friends a lot. He put it on the internet for free. And it became a huge thing. He makes like $30 or $40 million on the podcast. Spotify paid him $100 million for the exclusive rights to the podcast. And it's like, I, he, he says that. It's like, I didn't think it was going to be a thing. I didn't know. There was no plan. I just liked doing it. You know, you become a great hitter because you just like doing it. You know, I hit today, I do bat review videos, right? Those are not bat review videos. Those are just hitting videos that I wrap up in a bat review. Because I don't think people, I can't get a kid to watch a video if I'm just talking about these technologies, things they don't understand. It's like, ooh, he did a bat review video on the red meta. You know, I'm going to go watch that. And inside of that video, I talk about some hitting. And I represent practice as it should be represented. It's me swinging and missing a lot. It's me hitting off of a pitching machine that doesn't throw strikes every time and not getting frustrated by it. Just because I like to hit, too. You know, and it's like young players, it's like, you've got to like it. You've got to like the frustration of it. You've got to like the challenge of it. That's been my whole life, though. It's like the harder it is, the more I dig my heels in and like it.
2: I love the energy drink reviews i i love everything you do um i it, if, if you've gone through uh the dms i've sent you i think over the last like years so like i i'm wearing one of your hats right now like literally everything that you do um i really enjoy and not necessarily like every single second i love every single moment of the content and I'm not saying that i don't I love the aspect that you leave all the, uh, uh, all your swings and misses in. I love the aspect that uh, you, you say you're not doing it to make it big shiny, that you're trying to hide, like, little nuggets in there to try okay. and trick guys into a kind of, like, learning. Like, those are the kinds of things, like, I absolutely love. I'm going to bring up the energy drink review because uh, I had one of my players, uh, we were uh, in Missouri, uh, going to run into a gas station. And uh, I normally really like, have you tried the uh, uh, orange dreamsicle of uh, rain? Eight. It's an eight. I loved it. So I have that. And I, I, tell him, I talked to one of my players. And I was like, hey, yo, this thing is amazing. And he looks at it and goes, oh, have you tried? Oh, is it the low key or the, oh man, I can't. It's L O K I, I Whatever, it the most horrible flavor in the world. I, I hated every second of it. And yes. I told him that. And he was like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And then the moment I saw that you posted that review, yeah. I immediately sent it to him. I go, dude, I don't know what to tell you. It's just not good. Huh? <laughs> it's just bad. It's the weirdest taste. There, there is no like definition to it. It's just like not good.
1: I think they named it bad, too. It's like, <laughs> you what do? You can. Like, with that name, I have no idea what this is going to taste like. <laughs> and that's so, what it tastes like. I don't even know what this is. I don't know. Um, for me, what I was really
2: looking to kind of get out of today, uh, so far, I feel like I've accomplished, uh, what I've wanted. I don't want a whole, I don't know what you have going on. Uh, I know you got like a lot, uh, on your plate and stuff. Um, I can talk for the next like 10 hours. Uh, obviously I don't know if you want to do that, but, uh, for myself and my end, I I'm happy with what we've gone so far. I would absolutely love to keep talking if you would like. Um, but for my portion, I feel pretty good
1: you get the questions answered that you wanted answered
2: um yes sir uh the a lot of the questions i kind of just put out i have like a list of things i want to add like touch up on because a lot of the stuff is just things that i want to understand and figure out how to build in my facilities so just like little things like uh you you didn't exactly say it but the atmosphere of your facility. What is uh what is it that you think and how did you create
1: that? Hard, really hard. It's really hard in this business because you have to let people go. You have to you have to let people like you can't train everybody. You know, everybody's not your client, you know, and it's really hard, especially when you're starting because you have to train a lot of people. Uh, to 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 make ends meet whatever your ends meeting is you know sometimes you have to make sacrifices and training and maybe people don't fit your culture that you want um, we're right we're fortunate right now because our players are really we have a, an exceptional group of players within the group that that really uh, are culture guys you know I try to stay out of it you know, I try to I try to stay out of the interactions of the players on the floor. It boils down to the players ultimately. You know, I try to be an example of all of these things. A but at the same time, it's not my job to be your friend either. You know, if you need to kick in the pants, I I've, I've gotta do that. You know, you know, if if you need I my job is to make you a better player. Whatever that looks like. You know, I'm not going to coddle you. And if that's not for you, then that's not for you. You don't have to come here. That's kind of why I do what I do. It gives me the freedom to you don't have to be here. You don't have to come here. Like you don't have to, I don't have to, you don't have to train here. I want you to. I think you'll I think you'll realize some success in the game, but you don't have to. The long story of that question is just you have to find the right players. You know, it's about them and our, our culture is really good now because we have a, about two or three really just great players who have great parents, they have great families their 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 habits, their everything about them is just a reflection of their parents really. It's like they' they're just great kids, they're just great kids. and they kind of set the set the stage for what the training is. Certainly been on the other end of it where I hated the groups. Like I hate this, you know i there's no energy in this, there's no one invested in energy in this. Those things don't last very long. those things don't last very long. I could certainly work harder in recruiting people into the groups, but again, it comes down to time, and I have my own kids now, so there's that I gotcha um, and then I
2: think my other uh question would be uh what are the most common issues that you're seeing with hitters come through or just in general over like social media and stuff and obviously there's not like a one simple quick fix to kind of get over everything um but is there something that you're like hey like generally this guy's just not uh guys and girls just timing or is it what is do you feel is one thing that is small fix that could kind of help out a good amount of people They don't
1: try to swing hard. They don't try. You're not trying to swing as fast as you can. You're conditioned that making contact is good enough. And you're not. I mean, it's not a magic formula. You know, I think people sell this magic formula, as especially with people with hit tracks. They're like, we improved his exit velocity eight miles an hour. It's like, dude, most of the people I can improve their exit velocity eight miles an hour because I yell at them to swing harder. And they hit harder and they hit the ball harder. Like we can't establish anything until the intent to swing the bat is there. And they don't. Like on the internet, on my kids, in my buildings, like they're so conditioned by the by the travel ball world, especially younger ones, because you said you said earlier, you know, you can experience success at seven years old. You can. My son plays seven years. If he just makes contact, he gets on base most of the time. So I think coaches coach to that. It's like, hey, just make contact. We can get you on base. We can score runs. We can win games. It's like, and I'll tell you this story about my son. I've told him, dude, I don't care if you strike out. You're going to go up there. You're going to swing the bat as hard as you can three times. You Strike out, you strike out. As you can imagine, his barrel skills are pretty good. Like, we've done what we've needed to do. And genetically, his starting point was higher because I am his dad. Okay. My athletic ability stands on its own. He's a form of me. He's, he doesn't strike out much. He struck out. It, he plays. This is his first year playing. I didn't shove him into this. This is his first year. He didn't strike out to like May. Okay. He played since m- first of March until May. He didn't strike out. The game he strikes out. I go all the way, you know, after every game, always go down the dugout, always give him some dap. Hey, man, that was awesome. Man, that was fun. I loved watching you play. Before I could get my fist out, he said I struck out I'm Like, dude, I've been telling you for months, I don't care. I said, you swung hard three times. I, said, I don't care. I don't care if you struck out. He strikes out. He's maybe struck out two or three more times. since then. it's always the same. It's like, dude, I don't care. I don't care if you struck out. Swing the bat fast. Because again, they're 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 conditioned and coached to the results they're going to get now. It's like if you just have if you just bring the intent to swing bat hard to me, then we can fill in all the other gaps. We can fill in barrel precision bucket. We can fill in the timing and rhythm bucket. We can fill in the vision and perception skills bucket. We can fill in the we can fill in all these buckets. We can build better bat speed. But if you don't bring the ability to swing the bat fast, like that's the first thing going to do, just swing the bat fast. Like pick your foot up, swing the bat fast, fast as you can, hard as you can. We've got tools to measure that. We've got tools to, to do that. You know, we, I use the swing speed radar a lot, right? Put swing in front of this, like with no ball. How fast can you swing? 50? Okay, let's swing 55 next time. Like swing the bat fast. Like try to swing the bat as hard as you can, fast as you can. If you miss, you miss. So be it. But again, at lower levels, people are paying money. They want to win games. You can win games at lower levels by just putting the ball in play. You can, and you can do. You can put the ball in play more by swinging easier. If you don't know how to train this skill, you will. You put more. it's like you're. Pro- you can probably lob more strikes in the strike zone if you just like go slow and like just kind of get it in there. It's like yeah, but that's matter eventually. You're going to, have to throw the ball hard at some point, Like you're going to have to swing back fast at some point. That's, the, really, that's really it. The- it's gone up. It's not just
2: at the seven U level, at least here in Colorado, that kind of mentality of just, just put the ball in play is like reached up to JV and like C team levels in high schools in Colorado.
1: I've like got in my building this year that are putting the ball in play. It's I, I don't understand it. I'm looking for a little quote
2: that I saw on Twitter a long time ago, but it, it, it baffles me the fact that if you can't, if you're not even willing to swing fast without a ball, like the moment we add any type of variability with pitch speed, location, spin, you mentioned it earlier, like everything goes down once you start adding more variables. Yep. If you can't have a premium quality product without any variables, oh, buddy, like we are not going to be doing anything right. once we start doing something. And I, I literally still hear high school coaches at like C team level, freshman level, saying, just put the ball in play. The other team can't field it. And it's yep, like, all that's,
1: right. That's, that's reasonably true. Like, that's reasonably true. But like, you're not going to be good that way. You're going to be and, good in. And what's gonna happen when that kid isn't
2: on the freshman team anymore they're gonna go and they're gonna try out for the c-team jv or some travel ball team and they're gonna get done with a batting practice round or something the coach is like what are you doing and just oh right. i'm just touching it you know you know the defense might mess up why are right. you banking on the defense messing up why can't you bank on you just doing good
1: right it, and it's true it's 100 true every level that you go to Requires a minimum amount of X velocity to be competitive there. The, the builders are better, they're more skilled, they're more athletic, they're gonna feel more balls. It's just gonna take you hitting, hitting the ball harder as you level up to be successful as you level up. If you don't prioritize that, you can't accidentally luck into that. Like you know, you have to build the, the power and speed skill for the next level that you're going to, because at 10U, uh, 50 miles an hour in the, in the, in the six hole is, on the ground is going to get you a hit. But 50 miles an hour, the field gets bigger, 50 miles an hour, 13U in the six hole, you're out 10 out of 10 times because third baseman's going to move over there. He's going to field it. He's going to throw you out. Like you're still hitting at 50. You're still hitting the same ball you hit two years ago, but it's not a hit anymore. Because you didn't hit it hard enough. Like now if you go and you hit that ball 100 miles an hour through the six hole, that's probably hit a lot. That's probably hit a lot. Like, so building everything on top of the intention to swing the bat fast, your swing is gonna organically take what it's gonna take to look like. You may have to, you may have to build some task challenge into to making it shape more efficiently be on playing more consistently, whatever. Uh, but that's kind of the baseline of it all. The uh, the little factoid that I
2: was looking for, um, Codify Baseball tweeted out a while ago, Greg Maddox never struck out Tony Gwynn in 103 at-bats. Nolan Ryan struck out Tony Gwynn nine times in 67 at-bats. Now, a- not just saying like if you want to be successful at and just continue to move up you just have to do it better faster stronger than what you were doing yeah. you just, faster is better it based generally field, like it is based
1: the speed the baseline uh, feels speed
2: i uh i can't oh sorry if i just moved that um i came out this is my last little piece uh before if you want to head out um I uh, I came out with a little piece of merch that is Albert Einstein's equation for force. Uh, So I have the F equals m times a, and then below it I put in the most simple baseball terms I can. It says, uh, "Hit ball hard equals lift, uh, lift a lot,
1: and swing fast." Yep. It's pretty Pretty simple. simple. Yep. Do that. Build a body of work. You know that's the thing. Build just build a body of work. Within that it's not a once a week deal like it's not a it's not a, a, a four times a month deal it's like if you do those things and build a body of work you know my kids who i have complete control over we're building a body of work it's a four or five day a week same thing same ideas it's just we're just building a big body of work out of it it's not like we're showing up to the game I think people underestimate the body of work. It's like takes a lot of work. It's not an ingenious idea. It's not. Baseball's not. It's more now. I'm not a genius for sure. You know, and I can tell you, and I talked to my former teammates in minor league ball, the ones I actually like. They're all like, throw gas, hit bombs. Pretty simple. Like that's what makes you good. That's what the good players do. We just have a greater understanding now of how to do that than we've ever had. People can stick their head in the sand because it's easy to, 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 to hit 400 on a 10-U team, team and think you're doing good. You're not. It really is. It's going to be a smack right in the mouth. Well, and even for the
2: people that – even if little Timmy doesn't hit 400 at 10-U because he's just just touching the ball – we are still going to get a participation trophy, though.
0: You
1: know, even my, if they even if they do bad, my son's seven U team has won three games since March, and I'm not at all mad about it because we're not extracting value from the wins and losses of these games. We go get ice cream after the game. I don't care if you won. I don't care if you lost. We go get ice cream after the game. We don't talk about it. Because what's important for him now is we establish the skills that are going to make him good eventually as he moves up. And he, he just – you know, he, he takes – he has value in being a teammate and he enjoys playing the game regardless of the score. Learn to lose a lot. It's going to make winning even better. I love it. I really do. Um, I
2: appreciate everything. I I – got done with doing John's interview and at the end of it, I'm trying to figure out how I kind of want to go about this hit chat, chit chat. Um, I really just on an aspect of talking to like you talking to John, seeing how you guys do kind of the business side a little bit. Like I said, the atmosphere, how do you guys go about that? Um, that is stuff that for me and I think just also people in general really like to know Uh, and then I also would like to have another one with John and as many conversations as you're willing to have, Of, I also just enjoy talking, hitting, um, outside, like of all the little, like knickknack questions. Um, so anytime you ever would like to chat, I would love to come on to anything. If I could just be a fly on the wall for stuff. Um, I, I, am a joined the Slack Uh, I got, I, you sent me the link. Uh, I joined it. I'm I'm following all of that stuff. I just want to, uh, get as much information as humanly possible in my brain.
1: Yep. No, don't worry about, I mean, just, just be yourself, be who you are on the podcast, be who you are on the internet. Like be, don't try to be the mistake I made when I was young coaching is I tried to be someone else. Like I tried to be him. Like I can't I'm not I'm not that. like I'm not I'm not Kyle. like I'm not I'm not these guys. I'm me. I'm this southern dummy, curious guy who my podcast is just a rambling of authentic conversation. It's not real produced. like I don't have a real goal for it. It's just talking to people and there may be imperfection in it. I may interrupt people. There may be some good stuff in it. I might forget what I say. So I've done that. Making a point in the middle of forgotten what I was talking Still in there. I'm not taking it out. Like I'm not trying, I'm not trying to give this solution to people that I'm perfect or I'm trying to be something. I don't have a plan. I'm just doing it because I like it. You know, I'm just just being who I am on the podcast. Just being who I am on the internet. Like the energy reviews. That's kind of how I talk. Like it's not rehearsed. I don't write anything down. Just kind of ramble and go on and quirky and make fun of people. And that's why I liked when I had JP, I could talk to somebody. That was nice. That's the advice I would give you. Just be yourself. Don't think you have to mess up, you know, mess up, you know, put it out there, whatever. I don't have any problem with people seeing how stupid I am. Hey, I like, so that, this, uh, this is my podcast question. If you could, Thanos, what's your favorite Marvel movie? You're, we, we, I,
2: I had to go into, uh, I have a buddy that's deep, deep in the Marvel universe. Uh, and I had to ask the question because I, I tweeted at you from the first podcast that you guys dropped a little nugget of uh, what's your favorite Marvel movie. Yeah. Do, do you remember what my response was? No, because I get a lot of tweets. No worries. It was the uh, Spider-Man Into the
1: Spider-Verse. You did say that. That's not even a Marvel movie. I, so, I don't know. I talked with my buddy. He says it's not,
2: but it might be. But outside of, the, outside of that, I would say 100% Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. Incredible soundtrack. Uh, I love everything about it. Um, outside of that one. Uh, I would definitely probably say I am original. I like the the first Iron Man. I really do. Um, I I remember the first time like that was when they still were doing like Blu-rays and stuff like that. I remember like me and my dad going and getting like the Blu-ray disc of Iron Man and being able to just watch it. The soundtrack of it just I thought Tony Stark was like a cool guy, and then just like seeing the evolution of like. Iron Man and stuff like that, and being the first thing to kind of set off this entire Marvel universe, yep. I enjoy the first Iron Man. Oh, yeah. If we're not counting Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse.
1: Spider-Verse is a Sony. So to to give you the background on this, Sony and, and Disney kind of, fought, they kind of share the rights to Spider-Man. It's not owned by just Disney or Marvel, and it's not just owned by Sony. They actually had negotiation problems, so there was a split there where Spider-Man was only going to be on Sony. The End of the Spider-Verse movie is a Sony film. It's not a Disney Marvel film. It's an amazing movie regardless. Mm. You're right. (laughs) It's an amazing movie. If you could Thanos snap anything out of the baseball world, what would it be? What would you get rid of? I had
2: an immediate answer pop into my head but then that comes to the question of are you supposed to play god uh the my first initial thought was all of the coaches and former pro guys that just struggle in asking the why and how of something um but then i was like well you take that out then some other thing is going to happen because if yep. you don't have those guys, then you don't have guys like yourself where you're That's questioning those guys, and now we don't have this kind of debate. Ooh, I would pro. you know what? I'm going to say if there was one thing I could take out of baseball, wanting to leave it so that way we can allow for this type of debate, there is a specific hitting training tool that I just completely despise. It is the <laughs> shoulder sl- uh, thing one where it, it's a uh, yep. – you connect it to your bat and you're supposed to just shoot the hands that and the little uh t the 500 dollars t that forces you to try and get the right angle Do you know what i'm talking about
1: that angle or the horizontal attack angle t
2: griffy t or the plastic one that just has the little like metal arm there that you can like bend around and stuff that puts the ball on it i don't think it's a griffy one
1: Vertical bat angle. Like the vertical yeah. bat, front T.
2: It's like four hundred dollars. And I made my own out of P V C for like twenty. So I, I would like
1: probably guys. See. I like the backspin T guys a lot. We use that T exclusively for a long time we were doing a lot of our drill packages out of the T. I we could get rid of T's altogether and I wouldn't be mad. Um I just but, don't like it's $500 for it, just the – got to hit backspin your choice, in my opinion. Like that's your choice. It is a good tax constraint for, for building a swing that is like kind of up and in, in, in underneath the ball some. I like it. But, yeah, we could get rid of tees too. That would be our cool. – I think lamp I interviewed Lampros. I think he said – he or Jeff Lee said A-Rod. And so <laughs> that <laughs> – I made a video on a rod um,
2: about a two months ago from his little uh, the video of him talking about swinging down and driving his knees straight down into the ground. Yeah. I made a little TikTok tock uh, of that. And actually one of my more popular videos. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got a rod in there. You got Albert Pujols that talks about how he swings down on top of it. Um, I mean, there's just so many guys that, are kind of in that boat, but
1: A-Rod by far is the most vocal about it. With this, with this idea, and I've done a bad job at this. So you're young and you can do a better job at this. All your, all your content on the internet, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. Okay. If you're wanting to establish a business and build a business on the internet, people buy things from people that they like. Period. So do things on the internet. Energy drink reviews is my establishment for people to, to like me. Like get to know me. I'm not taking a position of authority on hitting or anything like that. I'm just doing a fun, you can see my personality, you can see who I am, saying on the internet so you can like me. Like, like me. If you, Dave Portnoy does pizza reviews on the internet. People buy hoodies from Dave Portnoy because they like Dave Portnoy, not because they love the hoodie. The hoodie's fine. I've got a pin hoodie, right? Because I like the stock market, which we could go into about establishing and building a business. Okay, read Rich Dad Poor Dad. That's kind of your starting point of, of why I like the stock market. But spend time on the internet, not just being a, not just being a a a, a Guru's not the right word. Being a, uh, a, you know, establishing an expertise or or being a, a, a person of authority on this matter. Like spend some of your time on the internet being a likable guy. And develop, there's another piece of information you could read, A Thousand True Fans by Kevin Kelly. Okay. It's like a page document about establishing, building a, a business that has a thousand true fans. People won't be a fan of you if they don't like you. And so you've got to get, you got to, if you're going to be on the internet and you're going to build a business on the internet, you've got to put pieces out there that, that just show who you are, your personality, you're funny, you're a guy. You can do energy drink reviews. You can do sunflower seed reviews. You can do, you know, uh, banger home run derby, whatever, you know, just do fun things too. I've done a terrible job at that over 10 years. I've positioned myself poorly at times and I regret that, but that's in Barack Obama's book newest book too is when he's running for president the first time, somebody tells him, Barack, they're not they're not gonna care what you say if they don't like you. They're not. They you've gotta they'll listen to anything if they like you. But if they don't like you, it doesn't matter what you say or what you're gonna do. Not everyone's gonna like you. I'm not saying be somebody who who you're trying to be liked by everyone. I'm not. But the energy drink reviews are just a fun thing that I do on the internet. So just keep it light. Keep it casual. Keep it because ultimately what I like is just this dialogue. I like talking to these people and I like sharing ideas and I hope people listen to them. And, but you're not going to listen to my ideas if you don't like me. right? I've never thought of it like that. I like that just that would be my advice to go on the internet. It's just don't always do TikTok's tock's a funny, fun place. You could do TikTok lip singing, dancing, video you can dance, you can do bat trick videos, you know, build, build like dude, perfect shots out of a pitching machine and hit them. Whatever, you know, just do fun stuff on the internet too. Amongst your educational things. Those are fine, but Spend time if you're wanting to build a business on the internet. Doing Dave Fortnoy pizza reviews, one bite. Everyone knows the rules, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's are hard. you a big? I mean, what that is. That? Oh, can are you there, hear me? Oh yeah. You. Sorry. But that's that's what you have to do. So I'll let you go. This All has been awesome. Worries. I, I appreciate I, this, man. Good, too, because I did um, Jerry D. Filippo roundtable. He told me you need to have somebody on your podcast that interviews you. I'm like, that's kind of what all the podcasts are, but that's what this became.
2: Well, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I am going to still be uh, tweeting at you, DMing you, and doing all that stuff, uh, continuously just asking questions and whatnot um if there's any ever a time that you guys are looking for somebody to hop on a round table or if you guys got an open spot for a fly on the wall uh, i would love to be that guy so uh, i appreciate it um and do you have anything uh you would like to plug nah
1: okay (laughs) beautiful man i appreciate you have a great rest of your day brother all right see you